Today's episode of the Dad Tired Podcast is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. You don't have to be limited by networks when it comes to choosing your healthcare provider. There's actually another way. Samaritan Ministries is a community of Christians who pay one another's medical bills without the use of insurance. As a member, you'll have a biblical, affordable way to pay your medical needs where you're free to choose from the doctors, the treatments, the hospitals that are best for you and your family when and where you need them. After care is received, your medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries and they'll notify members to pray and send money directly to you to help pay those bills. Members also have access to an online community of support and health resources to help keep medical and prescription costs low through discounts and fair pricing. Healthcare freedom can be yours today. Visit SamaritanMinistries.org to learn how. Again, see how you can have healthcare freedom today by going to SamaritanMinistries.org forward slash dad tired. I've been thinking about recording this podcast episode for weeks, and there's been a part of me that's been hesitant to actually hit the record button because I feel like it's not polished enough or I don't have a clean enough outline. And uh, I think sometimes as teachers, we get into this mode where like, we feel like we have to end every time we speak with some kind of three-point message that you can remember, something that's pithy. And I just don't feel that with this particular episode. I don't know if I have any um, clean takeaway message, I guess. I do hope that this episode is helpful for you in your journey of becoming more like Jesus, helping your family do the same, leading your family well. That's always the goal here at Dad Tired. But there's part of it that I feel like I just, I'm, I'm going to process out loud and I might fumble through some of it. And so I guess I'm just asking your forgiveness on the front end as I process really in real time with you some things that have been on my heart and my mind. The other day, uh, my son, who's 11, came up to me. I was in the bathroom getting ready and he came up to me and he asked me if he could go to his friend's house who lives down the street in a different neighborhood. So he was going to have to ride his bike over there. And so he was asking Dad, can I ride my bike over to this neighborhood and spend some time with my friend? And <laughs> for whatever reason, I don't know if you can relate to this, but for whatever reason, I, I just was looking at him asking me. And the first thought that came to my head was, <laughs> how am I in charge here? <laughs> like, how did I get to the point where I'm responsible. I'm in charge. Like his life depends on my responsibility. And he's completely in submission to like whatever I say right now. Like he, everything that I'm about to say, his life depends on. And I just remember thinking like, how did I get here? Like, I, I don't feel like I have my life figured out and I'm responsible for somebody else's life. And it was such a simple, like, you know, he's just like asking a really basic question. Like, can I just ride my bike down to my friends? And I was having like this deep <laughs> internal war in my brain like what what is life philosophically like how (laughs) I don't know I don't know all the right words but just be it turned into a way bigger moment than it needed to be and he's like dad you there you know like can I go I was like sorry yeah you can go I guess I'm wondering like have you ever felt that as a dad where you're just like man I barely feel like I am figuring out my own life and let alone trying to like lead other people and maybe you get there I don't know man I'm in my 30s and so maybe there's a point in life I don't know, maybe it's in your 50s or 60s or 70s where you're like, okay, no, I think I got it. I think I got this thing figured out. I could see why people would want to follow me, but I'm not there yet (laughs) in full full disclosure. I just definitely don't feel there. I know I've shared this story many times with you guys on with the Dad Tired podcast. I've written it in the Dad Tired books and, you know, just kind of as a recap, I never imagined starting Dad Tired. That wasn't the plan. Layla and I were in a really terrible season of our own marriage. I had been really hurt by some church leaders and was like, I had been in ministry for 12 years full time at that point. I'm like, I'm never going to do church again. I was really jaded towards all things Christianity, not God. I hadn't given up on God. I didn't have doubts about God's goodness even, but just like my own 
journey in the church world, I was like, I'm, I never want to do this again. I was kind of spiraling out of control and just my own selfishness and sin. I was a poor leader. I was far from my wife. I was far from my kids. And it was the first time in that season, Layla and I were, I'm saying this really quickly and in some ways I feel like I'm downplaying it, but it was a, it was a really, really terrible season. So much so that I actually thought Layla and I were going to get a divorce. We were looking into divorce and divorce lawyers and who would take custody of whom at what time. It was, it was messy, man. It was really, it sucked. It was a terrible season. And I, I know we've brought that up a few times in the last few weeks, so I'm sorry to keep pointing that out. But it was in the middle of that season, my son was three years old, and that was the age that my dad left our family and when I was little. And so I just remember having this internal war inside of me, like all this dialogue of really feeling like, am I going to do to my son what my dad did to me? And knowing all the hurt that my dad's absence caused in my life, it was a really difficult season. I was kind of faced with my own childhood hurt and brokenness as I looked at my three-year-old son and was trying to figure out what kind of life I was going to try to give him and what kind of dad I was going to be to him. And it was in the middle of the season. I, you know, I won't go into all the details because I think we've shared it in the last few episodes. But I ended up going to counseling because I figured I needed somebody else to kind of help me think through this stuff. I was really jaded towards counseling, but I was like, I need somebody that's gonna, that can help me through this stuff. And so I went to counseling and, uh, and we started to unpack like my childhood, which I never wanted to do. I hate that kind of stuff. I, or at least I hated that kind of stuff back then. I was like, man, let's just focus on right now, the problems right now. Like I don't want to go all the way back to my childhood. But it really started to unpack for me the ways that my dad's absence impacted me. And it was in the middle of that season that my dad, who we did not talk a lot at all from the time I was a little boy all the way up until this particular season of life, we didn't talk hardly at all, maybe once or twice a year. And it was really surface level. But my dad said, hey, I'm coming up from California to Oregon, which is where I was living at the time. And he said, you know, I'd love to visit and see the family, which again, this is like really rare. And the timing of this was crazy because we barely even talked before. And the fact that he was going to come up to the state where I lived and meet the family, it was just all kind of bizarre, the timing of all this. So I'm going through this counseling. I'm dealing with all my own like dad issues. And my dad happens to call and wants to visit, which is just weird combination of things happening. So we go to this restaurant. We went to this really nice restaurant in Portland. It overlooked all of downtown. Just a beautiful place. So we sit down. Again, I don't have that close of a relationship with my dad at this point. And we sit down and I've got all this like, you know, I probably come out of counseling, a counseling session 24 hours earlier. And so I've got like my emotions feel real raw. I'm sitting next to my wife who we're in the middle of a really tough season (laughs) sitting across from my dad who I have a very distant relationship, fractured relationship with. And so my dad's just like, you know, how are things going? And so I just had the courage or maybe just was so raw and I just wasn't thinking straight. But I'm just like, I'm going to just bring everything up right now in the middle of this restaurant. So I just said to my dad, I said, dad, I forgive you and I love you and I don't have any hard feelings against you, but I just need to know how you left me when I was three because I can't imagine leaving my son right now. He's three. As I'm saying that, dude, I just start like weeping and crying. You know, it's just all the, the floodgates come open up and I can tell my dad's like a deer in the headlights, like, oh crap, like what, why did I come here? But he owned it, man. He just he took it and he he did not deflect. He didn't make any excuses. He listened. He absorbed all of my emotions and he heard them and he felt them and he didn't run from them. He didn't dodge it and he just owned it. And he said he was sorry and it was the biggest regret in his life. I've shared about this in the podcast before and in books and stuff. So you can go back. I think that the 
episode title. I, I recorded an episode right after this happened. I think it was called like, you forgot, but God didn't something like that years ago. You'll have to Google it. I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes for you. But anyway, my dad apologized and I, I'm telling you all this and I promise you there's a point here. I'm telling you all this because afterwards I had talked to one of my good buddies and I told him about this situation. He said to me, he said, Jared, like, how did that impact you? I imagine you had waited your whole life to kind of hear these words from your dad and to really like just hear from him straight why he left and that he was sorry. Like, was that a big healing moment for you? And I can tell you even years now removed from that situation, which by the way, was God's grace. Like my dad and I talk every week now. We're really close. We've traveled together. He's come with me on speaking engagements. It's been really cool the way God's restored our relationship. But I will tell you that moment, and even in the years that followed of him and I getting closer, that didn't heal all the wounds that my soul had. And like I thought it would, like I thought hearing my dad say he was sorry, and I thought hearing my dad apologize and not make excuses and hearing why he left and his perspective. I thought all of that would kind of heal this pain and this void in my soul. And it didn't, man. There's still things to this day that I struggle with as a result of my dad not being around. There's still pain. There's still habits. There's personality traits of mine that are all a direct reflection of my dad's absence in the way that my dad parented me or lack thereof. And so I It was in that moment where I realized like, man, okay, right now I'm trying to be a dad. I'm trying to be a husband. I'm trying to be a man. But in the midst of all of that, I feel like a son, a boy who's still trying to figure out his own life and dealing with his own pain from his childhood. I tell you all of that because I guess one thing I would ask you to ask yourself as you're listening right now is, Is there a pain point for you? Like, is there something when you think about your dad or your childhood, is there something that you're hoping your dad would have given you? If you're just stop and reflect, and I know some dudes, this is hard. Like you haven't reflected on this stuff for a long time or maybe ever. And so it's hard for you to look back and maybe you, you know, you've got pain or hiccups or like addictions or personality things that you're not happy with. And you know, it might kind of go back to your childhood, but you're not really able to make those clear connections I know that can be hard for a lot of us, but maybe there's something in your brain where you're like, man, this is probably a result of my childhood and the way that I was raised. And listen, I know that my perspective is skewed because my dad left and not all of your dads left. Many of your dads stuck around, but maybe your dad was absent, even though he was physically there, he was emotionally or spiritually absent from you. And so I recognize fully that my perspective is jaded and I'm not going to assume that your childhood and you've got pain like I had pain and all that stuff. But man, here's what I do know. All of our dads, regardless whether he was the worst POS out there or he was a stud and led you in nightly devotions and prayed over you every night, wherever he falls on that spectrum, your dad was sinful and broken and he fell short of the glory of God. And so there's got to be something there, some kind of pain or hurt or gap where you feel like, man, if this would have happened, I think, I think my soul would be a little bit more satisfied. And so I guess what I'm asking you to just think, reflect on right now is, is there something that you feel like you missed from your dad? Is there something that you feel like your dad didn't give or could have given to you differently? And then my follow-up question to that would be, if he gave it to you, like if you were to sit down across from your dad in the way that I sat across from my dad, 
and he gave you the thing that you thought you always needed, how do you think you would respond? Like just imagine whatever the gap is, whatever the void is that you missed out on as a kid. Imagine that he sat down, he looked you in the eye, he didn't make any excuses and he apologized for it. And he said, here's why that happened or I behaved this way or I said that thing or I did this thing. And I'm sorry, son. I'm sorry that I did that. Imagine, I guess, what would that do for you? Imagine yourself walking away from that conversation and would your soul be satisfied? Would you feel like you've got the healing that you needed? And maybe you would, dude. And in many ways, I pray that you would. I pray that you would walk away from that and that it would be a huge healing moment. Listen, for me, in many ways, it was super restorative. My dad and I have a better, a much, much better relationship now. We talk constantly. We say we love each other constantly. We share deeper things. We have deeper conversations. It's really good. But it wasn't completely satisfying to my soul in the way that I imagined it would. And so I guess I'm just asking you, what would you need from your dad? If he was alive or if he's still alive, what would you want? What is your soul desire that your dad would say to you? And then imagine if he said it, what would it do? Like, what would you feel walking away from that? Here's the thing, man. If you listen to the Dad Tired podcast, you read the Dad Tired books, you're part of the Dad Tired community, uh, maybe you just stumbled across the podcast for the first time. Sorry that we're just diving into this <laughs> the deep end here on your first episode. But if you've been around for a while in the Dad Tired scene, you know that we're all about trying to be better men, trying to be husbands that honor our wives and that honor God. We're trying to be dads who are engaged. We say no to a lot of things so we could say yes to being present with our kids. We try to be the spiritual leaders of our home. We're trying to point our eyes, the eyes of our children back to Jesus as many times as we possibly can throughout the day. We're stumbling our way to spiritual leadership. We're trying to figure all this stuff out, but we're doing it with a ton of intentionality. We don't take ourselves too seriously, but we take Jesus seriously. We're trying our best. Who is Jesus? What was he like? How is he living inside of us and teaching us to be the men God's called us to be? But one thing I think maybe I've failed at, and this is going full circle all the way back to the very beginning of the podcast where I said, I'm just stumbling my way through this thought. I don't have a polished outline here. But one thing that's been on my heart is I guess I've just been wondering, man, what if instead of trying to be better men, trying to be better fathers, trying to be better husbands, I wonder if our deepest calling in life is to first be sons. And for you, man, as you think about your life, I know, dude, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I imagine that there's a deep part of you that's like, dude, I so badly want to be a better follower of Jesus. I want to take my relationship with Jesus more seriously. I want to be a better man. I've got hiccups in my life and things that trip me up, and I want to get better at that. I want to get rid of these old habits and I want to be a more godly man, a man full of more integrity. I imagine if you're listening to this podcast, you're thinking, how do I be a better husband? Like Jared, give me some tools to like help my marriage and be a better husband, be a better dad. Like what do I need to do daily to be a better dad? But I guess if I could like pause on all of that, I guess I would just say to you, man, before you're a worker and before you are the title on your business card, before you're a husband to your wife, before your dad to your kids, before you're a friend, you're a neighbor, you're a coach, before all of that, dude, you're first just a son of God, delighted in by the Father. That's a crazy reality. And I wonder if we focused all of our time and energy on that, 
What does it look like to be a son of God, a delighted in child of God? If some of those other things would just start to improve naturally, if the foundation of our marriage, of our parenting, of our working, of our giving, of the way we see money, of integrity, all of it rests on we are first sons. You know what's crazy is I, I tried to do a little quick study and just try to figure out like, okay, how many times does the Bible mention the term man of God? Now, listen, I'm not a, I didn't even go to seminary, dude. So I'm like, I'm not the smartest guy here. A lot of our episodes on the Dad Tire podcast, as of recently, we have a guy named Chris Hilkin. He did last week's episode about Halloween. He'll do more episodes in the future. Dude is just, he's a Bible stud. Like he, he knows the Bible inside and out. And I lean on him heavily. Like, dude, teach me more stuff, man. I have a terrible memory. Like real, real bad. I'm, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually genuinely concerned about my future and for my wife because I'm like, babe, I don't remember. Well, anyway, I have a very terrible man. I don't even remember what else. How was I going to finish that sentence? Uh, <laughs> so, I just have a really bad memory. I didn't go to seminary. I'm not a Bible geek, man. I'm trying my best to study through. So, if you feel like you know you got to be this like theologian to lead your family well, that's just not true. That's not been my experience. God's given me grace. I teach the Bible. I've written books. I host this podcast. I lead a men's ministry. And uh, I'm still trying to figure all this stuff out. But anyway, I did a quick study and just trying to figure out, okay, how many times does the Bible mention the term man of God? And what I could find is there's 13 individuals who were called men of God or a man of God, like really specific examples. You hear like Moses was referred to as a man of God. David, Elijah, Elisha. So there's like really specific characters or people in the scriptures where God called them man of God. And 12 of the 13 people were in the Old Testament. And then there's one time in the New Testament where you hear the phrase man of God and it's Paul writing a letter to Timothy and Paul is calling Timothy a man of God. Okay, so 13 times, 12 of them in the Old Testament one time in the New Testament do you see the phrase man of God. That's what I could find in my study. Now, if you're a seminary geek and you're like, dude, you're so wrong, let me know. Shoot me an email. I'd be happy to uh, make an amendment here to this podcast and, and make it right. But that's what I could find. But you know what's fascinating about that? You find all throughout the scriptures, not just specific calls for people, but a more generalized sense that we aren't just men of God. Like Jesus didn't call us men of God. You know what he called us? children, sons. And this is crazy. There's a guy who helps lead up our family leadership program. His name's Sam. He and I talk about this often. And it's so fascinating that out of all the things God could have related us to, he could have addressed us all the time as men of God. Listen, man of God. Listen, man of God. He only calls people man of God. There's like 13 individuals where he's calling man of God. But when he's talking more generally broadly about his children, his people. He's not calling us men of God. Like, listen, men of God, rise up, pull up yourself by your bootstraps, get yourself figured out. You know what he calls us and all his parables. And when he's referring to us, when he's teaching us how to pray, he's calling us sons, children. You see it in John 1, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God not a man of God. He didn't say, listen, I give you the right now to be called a man of God. He said, children of God, Galatians 3, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God. 
through faith. First John three, see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are Romans eight, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Matthew five, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Romans eight for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. Corinthians, second Corinthians six, and I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters to me, says the Lord almighty. Before you're a man, before you're a businessman, before you've got a title on your business card or a job title, before you're a husband to your wife, before you're a father to your children, you brother are a son of of God, delighted in, adopted. He looks at you proudly, not because you've accomplished a bunch, but because he's accomplished everything and has adopted you in. He made you righteous. You were filthy. You were running away from him. He chased you down. The parable of the prodigal son, the father chases the rebellious son down. He takes off his dirty clothes, covered in pig mess. He puts on a clean robe. This is what God has done for you. He's chased you down. Bro, even if you're listening to this podcast right now, evidence that God is chasing you down, the Father chasing you down, not just because he wants you to be a better husband or because he wants you to be a better dad, but because he wants you to know he loves you as his son. You're a son of God, I've adopted you in. I call you son. How do we pray? We pray, Father, Daddy in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so as a son, we ask ourselves questions like, what's our dad like? What's our family culture like? As I got closer to my dad, I became more curious about my heritage. Like I don't know anything about my dad and where he grew up and what his dad was like and what my grand dad was like, my, my great-grandfather was like. I wanted to know more. As a son of God, we ask ourselves, what, what's our father like? If God calls us sons, then we are compelled to ask, well, who's our father? and What's he like? What's the family culture like? This is why we study the word of God. I can make up God in my head. I can make him try to be who I want him to be, but there's an actual God who has an actual personality. And so I want to know what is my father like? As a proud son, We take great honor in passing down the family legacy. And in our family legacy, as sons of the king of God, we say there's a legacy of grace and of mercy and forgiveness and righteousness and justice. And I take great pride in showing the world what my dad is like. He's different. My family is different. I've been adopted into a different family and our family culture is different. And I want to show off the family way to the world around me. I want to show off what my dad is like. I'm an adopted son of God, and I can't wait to show the world what my dad is like. Brother, I I just, I can't help but think, man, that a lot of things that might feel unstable to you right now, like things that don't feel like you're on shaky ground, whether it's your job or your finances, your marriage, your parenting, your identity, whatever the thing is, I guess I just, I'm inviting you to come back to your identity as son, that you're just loved by the father of God, man. He's proud of you in the same way that you look at your kids with great delight, not based on anything they've done, but just who they are. 
They are your child. And because they're your child, you love the heck out of a man. The thought of them gets you teary-eyed. You are bursting with joy and delight when you look at them. This is the way the Father looks at you times a million. He loves you deeply as a son. And man, if you could rest in that kind of love, I think everything else would be different. I think the more that we focus not just on being better men, better husbands, better fathers, but the more we can focus on, Father, I want to be a better son. I want to be a son who just rests in the fact that I'm loved and delighted by you. Maybe that's your prayer today. Beyond all the other things that you're chasing, even noble things that you're chasing, beyond all of that, God, I just want to be known today as your son. I want to be rest. I want my soul to rest in the fact that I'm your son today. With that core of my identity, carry me through everything else. And I guess it wouldn't be appropriate for me to not mention this. You know, many of you probably have hurt from your dad. And I brought up like your own childhood at the beginning of this episode. I guess, man, my challenge to you would be if there's something you feel like you need from your dad, you're harboring bitterness or anger, frustration, whatever it is towards your dad, and you feel like that's a that's something you're going to die with, man. I, I don't know what your story is or what it would look like, but I guess I would just challenge you. You're probably like me in many ways where you feel like your son came up to you or your daughter came up to you and they asked you if they could do something. You probably thought, man, how did I get in charge? I'm still just trying to figure this out my own stuff out and maybe you're still trying to figure your own pain out from that your dad caused and you've got a lot of hurt there i guess my challenge to you man would be if you rested in your identity as a son of god delighted in by the greatest father ever pursued by the best father ever loved by the best father ever if you could rest in that identity would it allow you to give grace and forgiveness to your earthly father. If you were standing on the solid ground of knowing you're a son of God, would you be able to go to your dad in all his sin and brokenness and say, dad, I can forgive you. Maybe you need to have clarifying conversations, but you don't actually need him to heal you because you've already been healed and adopted in by the better father. And so I don't know what that looks like for you, man. I don't know if that's the Holy Spirit trying to nudge you to say, I should probably reach out to my dad. I'll let you figure that out on your own with the Lord. But yeah, man, like I said, I don't have a three-point message for you, but I hope that that is helpful for you. I'm just trying to do that more, dude. I'm trying to learn how to lean into my identity as son. And as I'm getting there, and that's hard for me because I didn't even have an earthly dad growing up. And so it's like, there's just hurdles for me to figure out, how do you be a son to a father? But I've found the more I lean into it, the more peace I have about these other roles. And so that's what I want for you. I want you to lean into your role as son of God, and I want you to find peace in that. And then just watch as your marriage changes and your the way you parent your kids change because you just you feel confident and secure in your role as a son. I love you, brother. See you.